0: Welcome back to the show. Plenty happening in the world of football. The A League and W League are underway. The Matildas are back in Australia for some Olympic qualifiers. The Premier League, the Champions League, and the Europa League are back this weekend. And you can watch every UEFA Champions League match, exclusive and ad free, live and on demand on Stan Sports. A key part of their telecast is Craig Foster, Stan Sport football commentator, has been good enough to join us this afternoon. G'day, Craig.
1: Yeah, how are you going? Always a pleasure.
0: Always a pleasure to speak to you. Uh, Ange Postacoglu created a little bit more history this morning. Uh, No manager in their first nine games in the Premier League has taken 23-plus points. But typical Ange style, uh, Craig, uh, happy to get the win, but uh, he made it clear to his players afterwards that not happy with the second-half performance.
1: No, but they have been brilliant to date, haven't they? And so, uh, you know, eventually you knew that there was going to be some sort of... uh, you know, imbalance in performances, but as long as they continue to get the results, fantastic. So no, everyone's very, very proud of Ange. Uh, you know, it's an incredible start to the season, and seeing an Australian on top of the uh, on top of the Premier League table with Spurs just, I think, sums up. You know, this uh, beautiful time, really positive time, exciting time for all of Australian football this year.
0: How long can they keep getting results this season? Do you think, Craig? When you look at the Spurs squad compared to some of the other. Teams right up the top of the table, they don't have the depth in their squad and they might be in trouble if they lose a couple of their key assets to injury. Um, how long do you think they can be right up that pointy end of the table?
1: Well, I'm sure that they'll Angel have them in you know the top four, let's say. Um, I mean, they have been there for quite a long time, of course. Um, and it was only, what, 2019, yep. I think, when they that's were right. at the Champions League final. And that's why when... Ange had the opportunity to go across the Spurs. We're all so excited because, you know, they are a genuine top four club. So, you know, that's where they should be. Not necessarily on top, though. You know, that's an incredible job to get them there, particularly only having, what, probably a month of work prior to the season. You know, they come out here to Perth, of course, uh, but it's not a lot of time to change them around. But, you know, he's proven his uh, capability to do that incredibly quickly at all the clubs he's been at, whether it was in Japan or across at Celtic and now Spurs. So... You know, we're confident that he's going to keep them up there. Uh, of course, it's a big challenge to be able to win something, but you know, you see what the response of fans, first fans all around the world. they're so delighted simply because, you know, he's placing, uh, replacing a guy in Antonio Conte, whose football was just so Boring. horrid. You know, we used <laughs> to watch it on the Champions League. It just At times, it was just so difficult to watch. So, you know, everyone is obviously so thrilled just to have some good football.
0: Is it, uh, It's only early, only nine games. here. Is it shaping as one of the more even races for the title for quite some time? You know, City probably had a couple of injuries, haven't hit their best yet. you got Liverpool there, Arsenal, Tottenham. Some of the football, Newcastle are producing, Villa's yeah. playing some good football. Does it strike you as one of the more even races yeah. for quite some time?
1: I think that's right, which is why you know we're all watching uh, you know with such interest um, because you know this is a good season. I think for Ange to be starting there as well because look what happened with Liverpool last year. So you know you're never quite sure this season what they're going to be capable of. They had a horrible season last year after so many years of success under Klopp. So he has to rebuild them um and therefore i think it's a little bit of a transitional season you see what Emery's doing at villa it's brilliant you know you've got uh, also brighton under Deserby who are doing yep. fabulous work so some of the smaller clubs that's not spurs spurs is kind of in the middle right you know it's a massive club but without the success of the of the other uh, you know really wealthy clubs but these are uh, smaller clubs are coming up now they've got some good managers playing some good football so you know there are and what you saw with Manchester City is already two losses this season so there are going to be moments where all of the teams are up and down and that's good for the competition you know we don't need Manchester City just continuing year after year after year to pick up the title you want others to be in the race
0: Absolutely, no club's ever won four Premier League titles in a row. So um, they're going to have to create history this year's city if they're going to do it. Opening uh, weekend of the A-League, Craig, good start for victory, good start for Western United defeating Melbourne. So I just want to take you back to the the game uh, with Adelaide. We're always looking for exciting young talents coming through and the A-League has produced so many. How good can young Nestori Irokunda be?
1: Oh, what, a, what a phenomenal player. Well. You know, he's being talked about as one of the best players that we've seen for 20, maybe 30 years. So he certainly looks as though he has the talent of some of the best players we've ever produced, that's for sure. But more than that, he's got such incredible confidence at a young age. Uh, and that's what's so very, very exciting about him. It's one thing to have talent, it's another to be able to bring it to life and make sure that you can perform regularly, firstly, which is difficult for young players. Uh, and secondly, you know, maintain the highest of levels. He's, he's, demonstrated he's capable of doing that, whether it's for the underage Australian teams or or indeed for Adelaide. So look, we're very, very excited. I saw a stat the other day that Australia has just exceeded, the, the, uh, the APL has exceeded the amount, I think for the last 10 or 15 years of sales of players abroad in the last 12 months. And I think that's very much in line with the fact that you're just now starting to see a new generation of really exciting young players come through. And the the generational change of the Socceroos has also been very, very exciting. We saw only last week a really positive performance against England by the Socceroos, you know, just taking the game to them, not wanting to sit back as it would have done many, many times in the past, creating plenty against them and giving that young group confidence that they can take on anyone. It's great to see.
0: What's the best path for a young player like that in the next couple of years, do you think? We've seen, you know, some really exciting young talents Head overseas pretty early. You know, Daniel Arzani, it didn't really work. You know, injuries really hurt him. You know, Grant Quall's gone over to Scotland uh, in early days. Is it best to stay in Australia for a couple of years and just keep playing? Or if there is that move to go to Europe pretty soon, is it is it something you got to take?
1: Yeah, it's, it's actually a difficult choice for all of the young players. Um and it takes really good advice around the reason why it's difficult is because it really comes down to the player, it comes down to their personality, it comes down to maturity, it comes down to their growth uh, and their capabilities. And so, for example, in the past, the, um, the data is quite mixed. Uh, over, overall or overwhelmingly, it says that people like Viduca and Zelic and Ocon and you know so many of the, the, the majority of our legends have made their way here for at least a few years. Mm. They've matured here. in professional. That was semi-pro at the time. Uh, and now, you know, the level is fully professional. So they mature here. Um, they become a young man rather than just a boy coming in. You know, we still play 16, 17 in the NFL. Uh, and then they were much better equipped to go into what is a really, uh, you know, can be a difficult uh, professional environment abroad. Others, though, of course, you saw what happened with, you know, Timmy kale Lucas Neal. Uh, and um, Harry Kuhl, you know, where they went very young, um, you know, and didn't actually play in the domestic competition. So it takes, um, you know, in these situations, it takes people around them, takes a coach who has their best interests at heart, takes, you know, a manager or whoever's looking after their interests to make sure that they are ready psychologically as much as playing. You know, they might be fantastic, mm. but they've still got some growth to do. And once you get thrown into a, a change room at a you know, high-level professional club in Europe, then that can get exposed very quickly. The other thing I think that we really need to think about is um, you know, where our young players go. And, and I know over the last couple of years there's been a big push again, as there was many years ago, to send a lot of players over to the Scottish Premier League. Yep. Um, there's probably a bit of visibility there. You know, Ange was there. I think my, my view today would be that um, the SPL is a very good coach pathway today. It's not necessarily yes. the best player pathway according to the players that we're trying to produce. You know, it's great for Ange. You know, we've got, uh, you know, the ex-Central Coast Mariners um, coach across there now. You know, Kevin Muscat is looking at it. So, you know, that's, that's brilliant now for our coaches. But the league they go into is really important. And then you saw with Garrett Cole. You go to a big club like Newcastle, but it's got no guarantee of playing. And then you get loaned out to a club where you perhaps can't give your best. So it, it is a very complex decision. <sighs>
0: Yeah, it is, it is tough for, for young men and their, and their managers to make this decision. We're talking to Craig Foster, Stan Sport Football Commentator. Uh, Craig, Matilda's back in town. Uh, ticket sales have been amazing as you would expect for their three Olympic qualifying yeah. matches in Perth, Iran, Philippines and Chinese Taipei. Uh, the Matildas play, I guess, with the Matildas now, we just expect them to win every time they play <laughs> and we'll be expecting them to win probably these three games pretty convincingly.
1: Well, that is true. Uh, whilst You know, you don't want to, you know, underestimate the opponent. So you saw what the Philippines did also in the World Cup where, you know, they they were able to get their first point ever and so on. So games can be difficult and and at times difficult to win, Um, you know, if the other team has an outstanding performance or the keeper plays really well. You know, in, I mean, Iran, for example, is you know 63 in the world, and and the others are similar. So Australia, of course, expects to get through this, but more than that, um, it's an opportunity for them to come back together to play in front of over 100,000 people. That with ticket to the tickets that have been sold, I was reading this morning. Uh, the last time they played in Perth was in 2018, so five years ago they played in front of seven thousand nine hundred and fifty people. Yeah, uh, and today, you know, uh, in coming weeks they're going to play in front of more than a hundred thousand people. Uh, you know, that really sums up their growth, the growth of women's football, and the growth of women's sport in Australia. It's wonderful to see.
0: It is, and uh, I'm sure the girls will put on a good show. Champions League back tomorrow morning, uh, 5.35am Australian Eastern Daylight Time. It's Sevilla v Arsenal, and then on Thursday morning, uh, this is probably the most interesting group in the Champions League, isn't it, Foss? Newcastle and Borussia Dortmund and uh, AC Milan and PSG, and so far, Newcastle have been outstanding.
1: (laughs) They were great in their first game, really. Quite incredible, uh, it was around 20 years since they had been in the Champions League and in their first game uh, you know at home their first home game they smashed PSG one of the richest clubs in the world 4-1 and it could have been 8-1 it was an incredible performance at home and you saw you know at St James's Park the way that the uh, Newcastle fans responded naturally was you know quite incredible and that's what the Champions League dreams are all about you know trying to um take on the very best and the richest clubs in the world so uh, Sevilla and Arsenal tomorrow morning. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be a top-class game of football. Uh, Sevilla won the Europa League last year, yep. of course. They like European football. Usually the Europa, not so much Champions League. But uh, they, they replaced their coach last week, Diego Alonso, ex-Uruguay coach, has come in and got a draw on the weekend against uh, Real Madrid uh, and created plenty in that game. Very aggressive, you know, passing forward, um, you know, kind of impatient style of play, which can be nice to watch. Uh, and, of course, Arsenal have got some of the best football in the world at the moment. You know, they, they're rekindling, you know, the the era of Wenger, I think, under Arteta. Just just aesthetically, you know, to me, they're one of the better teams to watch. I'm always happy to sit and watch them, though I'm not a Gunners fan. Uh, so, brilliant young uh, group of players, you know, Saka and others, who are doing amazing stuff. Of course, Odegaard, the captain, is just, you know, he's just going uh, to step to a, a whole new level. Uh, Arsenal... Uh, you know, back in the Champions League again after you know, quite some years. So for them, is also a big challenge. Uh, and as you said, for Newcastle, well, PSG, gee, you know, we'll see how they go. They, they usually make at least the quarterfinals, semifinals or beyond. Um, but with Newcastle against Dortmund, that would be interesting. Dortmund sitting um, you know, high again, once again, alongside Bayern Munich, up, uh, up high in the Bundesliga, uh, and certainly have the capability to do Newcastle some damage.
0: Craig, always a pleasure to have you on the program. We can't wait for the Champions League football tomorrow morning and the following morning, and of course, the Matildas as well. So much happening in the world of football. Thanks for your time.
1: Fantastic.
0: Pleasure. Always great to chat to Craig Foster, Stan, sport football commentator. Watch every UEFA Champions League match exclusive and ad-free live and on demand on Stan sport. And for Liverpool fans, 5.35 a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time. Friday morning, uh, they host Toulouse in the Europa League.